steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs, sideline, touchdown. Welcome back to the Unbelievable Podcast. I am BJ Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold. And today, we are getting you all set for the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, we're going to do something that's not necessarily conducive to audio, but we're going to try to make it work anyways. Uh, we're gonna, Drew and I are going to do a live uh, fan-speak mock draft. Or excuse me, I think we're doing PFF. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing PFF. Okay, so we're doing a live PFF. Good um, intro. <laughs> I'm keeping this in too. Uh, we're doing a we're gonna do a live PFF mock draft, uh, and so that's kind of going to be the meat of the show today. Uh, beforehand, we'll discuss a little bit about what our strategy is. We're gonna try to keep this as realistic as possible. Um, obviously, some of our biases will probably come in um, shine through a little bit, but uh, we'll try to keep this as Rick Spielman esque as possible. Um, ultimately, you know, we we both have kind of our own ideas of what we think Rick should do. And so there will be some conflictions there, and hopefully that will be some great content. But uh, that's the that's going to be the entire show today. We're just straight up, we're going to do a draft, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to break down as many players as we can. Um, so you guys know I'm going to be using Jordan Reed's draft guide uh, for kind of quick hitters and you know great information. Uh, he released that today, um, as of this recording, April 14th. Uh, make sure you go check that out on his uh, on his Twitter page. He does an incredible job. I haven't gotten a chance to go through this entire thing just yet, but we're talking 250 pages of content here. And if you read Jordan's Twitter at all, you know he's incredibly thorough and knows exactly what he's talking about uh, in terms of these player evaluations. So I, I honestly, I don't think you can get something better on the market. It's 10 bucks. You can get it on the Draft Network LLC or also the Climbing the Pocket page. Uh, and all that money's going to charity too. So I really don't see any reason not to buy it, but um, hopefully if you're on the fence, we'll convince you by using some of his tidbits here throughout this show. So that's the game plan. Uh, let's jump to it. Let's start off kind of with our draft strategy here. So Drew and I talked a little bit before the show, uh, just kind of what our general idea is going to be. We've already made the decision that we are not going to do a pre-draft trade. Uh, that's partially because we don't believe that the Vikings will do that, uh, and partially also because I personally don't necessarily think that's in the best interest of the team. However, the Vikings are in an interesting spot with picks 22 and 25 and uh, three picks in the first two rounds currently. So, Drew, what is our general strategy going to be heading into this draft? Yeah, so I, full disclosure, I am a proponent of trading up to grab a receiver, particularly Henry Ruggs, but um, I, I also agree that that's not necessarily... Um, what the Vikings might be planning on doing. Uh, I, I What I see as the most realistic is that they try and basically just load up on picks in the first and second round. Uh, that way they can get as many um, kind of pick and plug players from this draft as possible at key positions. So like grab maybe two corners or two receivers in the first couple of rounds with three to four picks, right? And then maybe grab a lineman, maybe grab a, a D back or a D tackle or whatever else is needed. So, um, my, I think what we've, we've talked about is sort of, 
uh, with 22 and 25 in the first round, maybe going and picking at one of those spots and then at the other spot trading down, uh, depending on what is available with the guys that we like at the end of the first round there. Absolutely. So, uh, like I said, we're talking three picks in the first two rounds heading into this draft. And as Drew said, I think our goal is going to be to stockpile a little bit, unless, of course, uh, there is someone that just blatantly stands out. You know, an offensive tackle slips to 15, for example, and all of a sudden we find ourselves in the mood to trade up. Um, but heading into this, I'm thinking cornerback, wide receiver, offensive line are your top concerns with those first three picks. Um, I'm also conscious of the fact the Vikings are a little bit low on defensive end help, so I would assume that that probably pops up in the mid-rounds as a target as well. Uh, I also am not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan. I'm a believer, but I'm not a guy who necessarily thinks that he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, so uh, if, if there is a quarterback available that I feel like he gives you know, the high upside potential and could potentially replace Sean Mannion, thank God, that is something that I will target as well um, mm-hmm. from kind of my personal perception here. But ultimately, I have done, you know, I covered professionally two of Rick Spielman's drafts, and I followed him like a hawk as any other Vikings fan does. And I, the one thing that is consistent throughout is that, one, you don't know what's going to happen, and two, there's going to be a lot of picks made. Those are the two things that just happen every single time, um, and so I, I believe that our draft will likely be consistent with that as well. Uh as far as players go, uh, you already mentioned Henry, Henry Ruggs. Uh, we've ran a couple simulations before this show. It seems like based on the simulations, that's probably not going to be a possibility. But are there mm-hmm. any other players aside from Henry Ruggs that you think are kind of uh, draft candy, guys that you, you absolutely need to go after if they fall? I think the one you go after if he falls um, at corner would be C.J. Henderson. Um, and I've, there's been... It seems like there's possibilities that he could fall to 22. There's also possibilities that he's actually taken. I've heard and seen stuff on Twitter that he might be taken above Okuda in, in that, high, that high, possibly top five, top ten. So uh, he could go anywhere, and if he starts dropping to that range, that's certainly the, the number one uh, pick that I would have. Uh, but then you're looking at receivers. I think you know uh, Mims from, from Baylor, obviously that would be – probably one of the best ones if not uh Jalen Rager from TCU at receiver filling that sort of deep threat void Stefan Diggs is leaving uh, so I I'm personally I think receiver is the highest priority um with the exception of CJ Henderson if he were to fall at 22. Yeah I, I look at kind of the big board and kind of the the, the conventional wisdom of what the Vikings should do and it's pretty obvious right that wide receiver and corner are really you know, kind of across the board, those are the two positions that everyone wants. I think that partially that's because we love to see skill position players drafted just because they're just so much more exciting and, like, you want to buy that jersey and whatnot. Uh, offensive line has became, like, I, I feel like the last half decade or so has given Vikings fans uh, more interest in offensive linemen, so that continues to be, you know, just a general, like, if we can get a quality offensive lineman in the first or second round, you take that opportunity ten times out of ten. But there are other positions on this board for the Vikings that are, are kind of looking like a bit of a problem. You know, you look at, you think about the defensive tackle position, um, specifically the three technique. You know, it would be really nice if a guy like Javon Kinlaw were to fall down the board. Mm-hmm. I've seen people on Twitter make kind of the, um, the comparison between Sharif Floyd's fall, uh, what was that, back in 2014, 2013, mm-hmm. and the Vikings making that pick when they didn't necessarily need to make it at the time, given their status at the position. 
Well, this is a year where I do think the Vikings could use some, you know, interior help. They just, it's not as uh, intriguing of a position, I suppose, or it's not, it's not as high on everyone's um, list of needs for the Vikings as other positions. But I still think that defensive tackle is uh, a position that you have to hone in on if you can get a top 10 caliber prospect like Kinlaw. Uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of other guys that are, you know, it seems like pretty straightforward. If they fall, you grab them. You know, I look at C.D. Lamb, who I don't think is going to make it outside of the top 15. But if C.D. Lamb somehow falls as a result of, you know, a – like, do you remember when Al Davis took Darius Hayward Bay out of nowhere? Yeah. And we were just like, that's not even a top five receiver in this class. He just runs a 4-2. Mm-hmm. If something like that happens, you know, with Ruggs, Judy, uh, Mims, who's got extreme speed as well, and all of a sudden, you know – you find CeeDee Lamb sitting there at 14 or 15. I think that's the type of guy that you can't pass up given the Vikings situation as well. Um, the last question that I have for you before we actually get into this draft here is where you stand at the running back position. We just saw Christian McCaffrey get $16 million average yeah. annual salary. We know as a result that Dalvin Cook extension is going to come, and <laughs> it's probably going to be massive, and it's probably going to be another salary cap issue for the Vikings if, yep. in fact, they do make this decision. Now, we don't know – none of this has been finalized, so we can't you know, be certain what the terms of that deal would look like. But you have to assume it's going to be a multi-year contract with a lot of guaranteed money up front. And Because otherwise, why would Dalvin Cook sign it? Because he knows that they'll try to get out from underneath it if he falls apart. Right. So I think that you have to think running back to a degree as well in this draft for the Vikings. Is this something that you're willing to put off till next year? Or is this something that you think the Vikings well, should address yeah, that's, in the mid-rounds? It, it's a wild card because – you know, I think most of us, and I would imagine inside my my expectation is that inside the franchise, my opinion is that they are expecting an extension to happen. So in that scenario, you have Madison, you have Boone, you have Cook on the roster. Um, I mean, if a, if, a, if a guy that maybe you thought was a second or third rounder drops to like the fifth round, then maybe you, you do that and make a move there. But I expect Cook to be extended. I wouldn't necessarily do it for big money. You know, it wouldn't be my thought. I'd maybe tag him uh, and then play it out from there. But, um, or I guess you can't tag him again. I uh, tagged Harris for right now. But point being is I, I, I'm i not a big proponent of the running back extensions. Uh, I think Carolina could regret it. You know, the Jets have regretted it with Le'Veon Bell. The Cardinals right. regret it with David Johnson. The, the Rams Gi- are big regretting it with Todd Gurley. The Giants will regret it when David Gettleman, you know, eventually gives Saquon Barkley way too much. Well, the money. Giants regret drafting him too overall, uh, <laughs> for one. So uh, it's it's just a yeah, it's just a position you don't want to spend dollars on. You'd rather spend draft picks on. So the Vikings do have a couple of those type of players already on the roster behind Cook uh, that I do like. So. I'm not big on it, but I think it's probably fifth, fourth round is where you would draft a running back here if the Vikings wanted to go that route. Absolutely. Um, I, I do think that that, prob- that falls into my uh, – it's not necessarily a need in my mind, but it, it, if you are able to find a luxury-type player in the middle rounds, uh, you know, I, like if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU, undersized guy, right? A cute little guy from LSU. Uh, yeah, a cute little guy from LSU. Exactly. If he were to fall as a result of his size, thinking you know the same way that Maurice Jones-Drew did, for example, or many other running backs in the past who are under 5'10", who have seen their draft stock fall apart on draft day. Uh, that's the type of luxury player I think that 
you, you take a gamble on him if you're the Vikings in the, you know, the third round if he does fall that far. I mean, he very well could end up being drafted early in the second round. Uh, but if he does fall, I think that's the type of move that you have to make despite having other pressing needs. So I guess we'll see how this board falls. I think that's enough talk for uh, for now. Let's um, let's jump get into it. it Should we run to it? All right. So what we're doing, we're, I'm on PFS uh, Mock Draft Simulator right now. Uh, now, in the few times I have used this, I might have to bear with us for some waiting time for loading and whatnot, uh, just so that you know I'm going to preface with that before we get going. But I have it set up with the Vikings as our team, obviously. The speed at normal, um, the board is going to be 25% PFF, 75% public um, as far as a combination of the rankings based on different draft boards. Uh, I do have teams drafting for need. Um, I'm going to have teams also caring a a little for positional value. And then uh, less random out of the three. PFF has a a random scale of random, less random, and not random at all. We'll go right in the middle there with less random. So starting the mock now. And we said no to, a, to perform a pre-draft trade. PFF offers you that ability to uh, negotiate, I suppose, uh, with other teams to move up. We're going to just let the draft ride here. So draft is commenced or has begun. Joe Burrow was the first overall pick by Cincinnati. Shocker there. Uh, Tua went four overall to the Giants. So that's interesting. Um, that is interesting. <laughs> I wonder what Daniel Jones would think of that. I know, I know. Uh, Tristan Wirfs went three overall to the Lions. That's, dis- that's disappointing for my uh, my interests here. Um, let's see. C.J. Henderson went 14 to Tampa Bay. Henry Ruggs was 13 to the Niners. And the last two picks prior to the Vikings, you had 20. Uh, at 20th overall was Josh Jones, the tackle to Jacksonville. And then Denzel Mims went the pick before the Vikings here, 21 to the Eagles. Of course he did. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's think about this here. So you mentioned a lot of the big names that have already come off the board. Give me. Yeah, and so here, here are a few names that are available right now. Perfect. Um, you got Christian Fulton, the corner from LSU. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. Um, Epineza, AJ Epineza, edge from uh, Iowa. Grant Del Pitt, safety LSU. And I don't know if the Vikings are in Ooh. the market for a safety. T. Higgins from Clemson is available. Um. You got A.J. Terrell from Clemson. You have Jordan Love from Utah State if you're really looking for a quarterback. Uh, Jeff Gladney from TCU. Jalen Rieger from TCU. Uh, Cesar Ruiz as well from Michigan. The best uh, interior offensive lineman, I believe, on Jordan Reed's board. So have some options out there at 22. Uh, Now there's a lot of options as well. So the, the trade down scenario where the Vikings, I mean, they have another pick and three picks anyway, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. you could gain some more value towards the back. So what are you thinking? So I'm thinking about a couple of things here. First of all, I just heard at least three names just off the top of you saying that, that I would be interested in. Both of the, the well, honestly, all three of the LSU guys. I would take Jefferson, I would, I would take Fulton, and I would take Delpit here, despite the fact that Anthony Harris has not effectively been traded just yet. Yeah. Now, that to me, when you see three players and you know you're picking three players later, that tells me that trading down isn't the worst option, especially since yeah. we came into this draft with the goal of you know trying to get four so, picks in the first two rounds. Now, speaking of trading down, so there are the the there, they, the PFF offers you or lists the teams that are available to trade up, and so right now the Saints at 24 overall um, is their next pick. They'd be willing to trade up. The Chiefs at 32 would be willing to trade up. 
and the Colts at 34 would be willing to trade up. So if you're looking to keep things in, like we said, potentially stockpile picks, mm-hmm. kind of at the first couple of rounds here, that would be the options. What are the Chiefs offering in return? So the way this works, because um, I want that extra, I want that fifth year of of contract. So, so you want to get the first oh, round true, good point. So you want to get that? That's Rick Spielman has done that before. Exactly with Cordero uh, Patterson. So we want to get thirty two from them, and we would also want to get maybe sixty three from them to get mm-hmm. another second round pick out of that. Yep. Yep. And so are we giving up 22 and we maybe would have to throw in a, you know, maybe pick 105 overall. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be enough? Maybe 89. I think 105. Let's try one. That's a fourth round pick, correct? One, two, yeah. Three. Let's yeah. see what that works. So right, right now the offer to Kansas City is 22 overall and 105 for 32 and 63. We'll offer the trade. Trade offer has been denied. So we can try 32 and 63 for 22 and 89. So that'd be basically back of one and back of third for um, end of one and back of two. So, hmm. Or we could try 105 and then maybe another fourth rounder in 132 or another fifth rounder. I can't remember what round. But. I want – so my goal here is to try to get a second second round pick. Right, which is what, 63 and 32. So you – because then you'd have 25 still. Right, uh, right. And then you'd keep 58. Um Right. And then thirty two and sixty three. Okay. I would I would say do yes, I would I would try to make a move in order to make sure that we're getting that second round pick as well. Okay, so give up twenty two and eighty nine. Yes. So then you and then Vikings would have thirty two and sixty three to go along with picks twenty five and fifty eight they already have. Correct. Okay. All right, so we'll do that. Offer the trade. Trade has been accepted. Excellent. So Excellent. So now we're sitting with we're sitting with 25 in a couple picks here. Yes. And then we've and got 32. So the Chiefs did pick Fulton with that 22nd pick overall. It's disappointing. Um, LaVisca Chenault from Colorado went 23rd to New England. Mm. Chayron Diggs, 24 to the Saints. Nice. And so 25 now. Vikings are up. Jefferson on the board. Ebeniza from Iowa. Grant Delpit. T. Higgins. Um, A.J. Terrell from Clemson, the corner. Uh, Jeff Gladney, the corner from TCU. All these guys are still on the board here at 25. Okay, so again, I'm hearing multiple names that I would be interested in. The two that pop out to me are Justin Jefferson, who I don't see falling much further, and Jeff okay. Gladney from TCU, who I also don't expect to fall much further. Both of those guys are late late first-round picks. I think there's a chance we can get both at 25 and 32. That being said... I don't. I think we need to make a pick here, no matter what, if we want to have a shot at getting both players. So, okay. I think that Jefferson is probably the more valuable asset here, just because cornerbacks can be somewhat interchangeable. Okay, so you're taking. See, I'm still I'm looking at T. Higgins right now uh, at Clemson too. You like Jefferson over him? I, I don't. I like Jefferson a little bit more, and my reasoning is not awesome for it. It's just because he was the perfect safety blanket across the board for Joe Burrow, whereas T. Higgins had some slip-ups while he was playing with Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. So I just like, I like Jefferson more as a guy who can step in and be effective immediately in the NFL, whereas T. Higgins, I think, needs a little bit more help. Got it. Well, I just like that as a receiver first, because that's my biggest need. And so, right now, uh, if we're all good, we're, we're set 25 overall. 
pick Justin Jefferson, receiver from LSU. I like it. I'm cool with pick that. Pick has been made. And a couple of receivers went immediately after. Rieger and T. Higgins. And then A.J. Terrell went 27. And, okay, so Vikings are up 32 overall now at the end of the first round. Jeff Gladney is still there. Good. Corner uh, from TCU. Also Cesar Ruiz. Jalen Johnson from Utah. Uh, you have Jordan Love, Utah State, still there. Grant Delpit, safety from LSU, still there. Um, Ezra Cleveland, a tackle from Boise State. I think a lot of Vikings fans seem to like him. Also still there, but I like uh, I like Jeff Gladney as I well. I do too. That's... Uh, addressing that need. Yeah, One I'm... of the better, higher-ranked cornerbacks, falling a little bit lower than his uh, projection, I would say. Right. Um, so here, here's the thing with making this pick we if we decide on Jeff Gladney and we take a corner after taking a wide receiver we know already heading into the next round where we have multiple more impact picks that we already have two two major position positions sealed up meaning we can feel comfortable knowing that Jefferson and Gladney are both potential starters as rookies based off of their draft profiles, the information that I know, and the tape, the little tape that I have watched on both players, I feel comfortable that both those guys could be starting by week six in 2020. Okay? So mm-hmm. locking that cornerback pick in makes it so it's not a priority later on, and we don't need to continue to worry about it as these guys continue to come off the board. The other thing that I'm looking at and thinking about here is the fact that Trayvon Diggs and C.J. Henderson just came off. Or who was the other one you said? Trayvon Diggs and Christian Fulton came off the board. So yeah. I think that there's a very real potential that we're hitting the either the end or the middle of a run on cornerbacks. So I think it's safe to say that if we take him now, we make the safe pick, we lock in a draft need, and we lock in a capable player who could start next year. Yeah, okay. Okay. I agree with you. So you want to go... Yes, yeah. Jeff Gladney. Make him Jeff number Gladney. thirty-two overall. I agree. Yeah, I mean he's he's got the size to be six foot tall. He's got sort of all those kind of characteristics that you want uh, that Zimmer, Zimmer would want yeah, as well. Zimmer kind of man-to-man guy. Um, yeah, that's what you're looking for. Kind of, uh, he's not the bulkiest guy, but he's definitely big enough um, to be that corner in the Mike Zimmer defense. So uh, let's go, let's go, Jeff Gladney, thirty-two overall to the Minnesota Vikings. All right. Oh, you know what I just did? I put one round <laughs> up for our mock draft. So we did one round, and it was done. So that's that's good. <laughs> so, well, BFF graded our first-round mock draft really well, if that matters, if that counts for anything. Well, okay. Um, we can... <laughs> All right, let's... Uh... Going well. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, let's um, let's just hit the reset button and try to do seven rounds, and we'll consider that to be sort of a precursor. Okay, so we're like reset button as in like restarting the show, or we're just gonna keep that in the show. No, the show's gonna show's gonna continue. We're gonna we're okay, gonna keep we're gonna continue the show. Yeah, that is our first round mock draft. Now we're gonna go ahead and do a seven round mock draft. Definitely planned. That, that was planned. Yeah, definitely exactly. planned. Okay, hold on. All right, so seven rounds, Vikings. Normal speed, 25% PFF, 20, 75% public, same settings, but with seven rounds this time, uh, for those of you that are curious. Um, we will be go ahead and start the draft. Okay, we're going to do this again. I'm um, looking at the picks here. Burrow, number one. Tua back to the Dolphins, as many would expect. 
CJ Henderson nine to the Jags. Okay. Um, Fulton has already been picked by Dallas at 17. Josh Jones, 18 to Miami. Jefferson's still on the board. Denzel Mims still on the board. Interesting. Um, AJ Benitez from, from Iowa still on the board. Mm-hmm. Jeff Gladney still on the board. Okay. So we're Jake at picks on the board. Are we at 22 right now? We're at 22 right now. Yes. Okay. Who? Let's try. Let's do the same thing that we did last time. Let's try to trade back right. since we got. The Chiefs all those are players. also interested again. Let's do it. Let's do the same thing. If we if we could try to emulate, because I really liked what we just did in the first round. Yeah. So if we could so try we'll to go, emulate that, let's do that. 32 and 63 give up 89. Trade has been accepted. Excellent. All right, so 25 overall. Jefferson's there. Excellent. Who else is there? Mims, Higgins, A.J. Terrell, Utir Gross Matos, Jeff Gladney, Cesar Ruiz, okay. Jalen Johnson. So I think that the conversation becomes, since given what we just analyzed, the conversation is just a matter of two players. Den- I think it's Mims Denzel or Mims or Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Okay. Yep. So this is this is honestly this is good. This is a good discussion to have because I think that this is so this is a realistic possibility. Now, Mims is going to be a guy who could be an explosive Deshaun Jackson caliber playmaker that might fit in perfectly with the role that Stephon Diggs was asked to play last year. On the flip side, there's probably more questions about his ability to perform in year one than there is with Justin Jefferson. So. You know you have Adam Thielen on the roster. You know what you're going to get from that player. Do you want to take the gamble on the boomer? It's not a boomer bust situation because I do think that Mims has very good, like has a very solid floor as well. But it's more of a boomer bust situation than with Justin Jefferson, which again, just to reiterate, I think that's a guy who can start in 2020 by mm-hmm. week six. So do you want to take that gamble or not? I, I think I do. Um, I think I like Mims better, and I just I I'm I'm all about trying to replace the big playability. Not that Justin Jefferson doesn't have that, but I think there's more. We're talking four traits, three here with right. Mims. The, the, the athletic traits present that a little bit better of a transition to the NFL that type of game for Mims, which is why I like him a little bit better than Jefferson uh, in this scenario here. So that's what I would do. Okay, let's do let's do Mims then. Let's do it. I'm fine with all right. that. So we'll go Mims twenty five overall. Jefferson went 27 to Seattle. T. Higgins 28 to Baltimore. Trayvon Diggs and A.J. Terrell back-to-back 30 and 31 to Green Bay and San Francisco. So at 32 overall now, Gladney is still there. So we liked him last time. Let's Let's just lock lock it in. in. Let's lock it in. So we went Gladney the second time. And the draft is still continuing. So I did it right this time. This is is good. (laughs) I feel okay, so I feel like we actually did ourselves a, a service there, because either way we came out with the two. We 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 set kind of an idea of what to expect for the Vikings in the first round, which ultimately is mm-hmm. what most of you guys care about, right? Uh, the players that we were able to retain in that round right there, in Gladney and Mims, are capable starters immediately. We just all we did there was we simply exchanged kind of the possession receiver, which. For what it's worth, Jefferson has a lot of the same possession traits as Adam Thielen does, whereas Mims is going to give you the more explosive traits that you lost when you mm-hmm. know, Stephon Diggs was traded. 
So I do think that we actually did ourselves – like we, we did better in the first round this time. I don't know what PFFs has to say about that. But in my opinion, I think we did better in the first yeah. round this time around. And we set ourselves up here to make some – you know, to make the best player available picks moving forward here, knowing that we have two guys who we feel confident can potentially right. start in year one. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, we are at 58 overall. Great. So some of, the, some of the big names that have gone off the board uh, in the second round here – Antoine Winfield Jr. to Cleveland, 41 overall. Uh, let's see. Cesar Ruiz, 36 to the Giants. You have DeAndre Swift running back to um, Georgia, went to Tampa Bay, 45th. Ezra Cleveland, that tackle went to Denver, 46. Um, Michael Pittman Jr., USC receiver, went to uh, LA, 52 mm-hmm. overall. So uh, at, as far as players available right now, uh, J.K. Dobbins at running back. I don't. Know. I know you were talking running back. That might be a little too early for that. But um, Bryce Hall, cornerback from Virginia. Uh, Jordan Elliott, interior defender from Missouri. Um, Tyler Biadesh. Uh, do we ever figure out that pronunciation? Biadesh. Uh, I think you got it right there. Biadesh. Okay. He is available there. Jacob Eason, Washington quarterback. If that's what you're thinking. Isaiah Wilson, the tackle from Georgia, is out there. Um, Cam Akers, the Florida State running back. Jalen Hurts, the quarterback from. Oklahoma. Uh, so these are some names. Jeremy Chin at safety from Southern Illinois and Kyle Duggar also at safety from uh, uh, is that Lenore? Lenore Ryan? Reen? Yeah. I don't even know if that's it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That's the prospects uh, you're looking at. Also Damon Arnett corner from Ohio State. Okay. Um, the one that jumps up is Tyler Beatish, but I'm also trying to fill a need as opposed to trying to pick the best player available. Does PFF offer their straight-up best player available list? Give me, like, the top five players. Yep, that it's think. Duggar, Chin, Hall, Dobbins, Edwin's Hilaire, Edwards Hilaire, excuse me, actually, and then Arnett. Those are the top five available based on this list. It's the 25% PFF, 75% right. compilation of, um, of rankings. So, How do you feel about trading down? I don't hate it. Um... I don't hate it because if we're looking to fill positional needs, you got safeties. I got Bryce Hall at cornerback, who I think, based on what I know about him, more of a zone guy, not necessarily a fit for Zimmer. Um, I, however, this is actually surprising to me based on how I've used PFF here. It does not say anyone is tra- is interested in trading down. So, really? so we don't even have the options. So we got to pick right now. Okay. Uh, so based on this, you got two good running backs. Um, now that would be not maybe the best positional uh, fit there. You got Jordan Elliott from Missouri, um, but Biadish and Isaiah Wilson, I think, are the two that jump out to me the most as filling a positional need. Maybe a little bit of a reach at 58 for both of those guys, but that's th- those are the picks that I think are best given what the Vikings need right now. Okay, so <clears throat> let's use historical precedent here, since ultimately our goal here is to try to mimic Rick as much as possible. We have seen the Vikings draft offensive tackles in the second round, overvaluing them multiple times, and honestly, it worked out for him the last time. So, I'm inclined to pick Isaiah Wilson here. I know that he's considered, at least by Jordan Reed's standard, to be a mid-third round pick, and we're more towards the late second round right now. But, offensive tackle is a premium position. This is a position of great frustration within the Mm -hmm. Vikings organization. And if you do decide to kick Riley Reef into guard, which we have received uh, credible 
reporting that that's a very realistic possibility. I don't hate the idea of getting a tackle who could potentially start immediately. He's a guy who played at Georgia. He played in the SEC. He's seen real pass rushers. Big, big player. And he's talented. There's upside with Isaiah Mm -hmm. Wilson. So to me, I'm torn between an offensive tackle and an offensive guard. And I think every single person listening here knows which one of those two positions is more valuable. So I'm inclined to pick Wilson here. So I'm going to throw out a scenario. Now, I don't know how much... I think you're going to be able to get Wilson or you have another pick with the Vikings, right? In five picks. Um, I think Damon Arnett, cornerback from Ohio state adding another corner. And this is something that's very realistic. as we know with Mike Zimmer, right? Um, Arnett man coverage guy, uh, good press corner, uh, kind of had that tendency like Rhodes back in the day where Rhodes was very grabby and had the penalty issues. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very grabby. Um, which could be a problem, but uh, he has sort of that skill set that the Vikings have drafted before. Uh, so that was actually that's actually what I would do. I would take a second cornerback in a row here um, with Arnett. Uh, we drafted five it, picks, you said. Yeah, so we're at fifty-eight now, and the Vikings do have sixty-three after the trade we made with Kansas City. And we have two players on our board here that fill positional needs at a va- well, not necessarily a value, but in the, a gener- in the generally the right spot. Yeah. So if, I mean, that's the thing too, as I, I, so down the list here, Biadish and Wilson are about nine to nine and 10 on the overall draft board here based on this list. Hmm. Now you don't want to miss out on Wilson or, or Biadish, right? If, if they are both picked here, that would kind of screw over the, the plan. But however, all of that said, I mean, the Vikings need two starting cornerbacks. They do. They do. That was my thoughts, too, going into this. You need to get two corners early in the draft. This is a Big Ten player, too, an Ohio State player. You know, I, I generally like Big Ten cover guys. I think that they, they use their hands effectively, and they're coached well, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. Lock it in. Damon Arnett. Put it, down. Put it down. All right. We'll do it. 58 overall. Vikings pick Damon Arnett, cornerback, Ohio State. Isaiah Wilson is off the board. Nah. 61 to Tennessee. Disappointing, but it is what Which, it is. So that leaves the Vikings now. Probably Biadish is, the, in terms of needs, if we're also drafting for needs, I know a lot of people are thinking best player available, best player available. Um, if you're doing that, you're picking a running back at this point because Dobbins and Edwards Hilaire, based on this uh, rankings list, are the top two players available. I uh, have Ashton Davis from California, Jordan Elliott, uh, the D-line from Missouri. Is Ben Barch still on the board? Your boy. He is. He is a ways down this list. Good. Okay, uh, that's good. I, I so, was hoping to get him in, like, the third round. Uh, but keep in mind, the Vikings' next pick, now this is 63, the Vikings' next pick is 105 hmm. because we traded away 89. Right. Um, I'm going to take B this year. I think that that feels. I think, so too. I think that's a starter immediately. Um, you get a Wisconsin offensive lineman who historically <laughs> have lit it up in the NFL. Uh, I think that's the safest pick here, and I think at this point in the draft, it's also a quality value. So at, yeah. going through, if we make this pick here, we now have two cornerbacks we feel comfortable with. One of them should at least pan out and give you some, you know, uh, give you a chance to be successful in year one. You've got your starting wide receiver play opposite Adam Thielen, and at this point, I would say that Beatish is probably pro-ready and gives you a more functional player at one of the guard positions, depending mm-hmm. on what happens with, um, well, Josh Klein's not even there. So technically, yeah, this guy could step in and start immediately. So Right. 
I don't hate yeah, it. Yeah, so that's, that's it. the idea here is you have, I mean, really four players in the first two rounds that could start in 2020. Uh, not necessarily that that's a good thing just because of how weak these positions are, but you have guys that are probably above what the Vikings have uh, at that spot right now. Denzel okay. Mims at receiver, Gladney, Arnett at corner, and Biadish now at guard. So I've made the pick Good uh, for Biadish there, 63. Now, do as do you have any thoughts on trading up um, back into the third round? Or would you rather sit back and wait and go to 105? Hmm. I have, for full disclosure, I have, uh, I hit the pick and then 14 or the picks already went before I thought about this. So we're at 70, 77 picks have been made right now. Okay. And who, what players currently are on the board as it stands? Who are the top listed players on the board? Uh, let me see. Uh, actually, PFF does not list the players on the board left. It does list the players that have been drafted. Okay. Uh, that does, I don't know how much that helps right now, but it doesn't. Uh, but that's fine. It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, to 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 get that list of players up, you'd have to uh, make the actual trade first, which is not terribly convenient right now. But um, let's let it fly. Let's let it ride. I think that let it Barch, ride. I think All that right. Barch or a running back will be available with our next pick. We've got what twenty five picks to go. Yep. Okay. Tyler Johnson just went to the Raiders, eightieth mm. overall. You have Kevin Dotson, the guard went. We're not doing 80, enough. Overall. We're not doing enough fan service here. We already ben lost Barch out on. Ben has been drafted, ninety-five overall to the Denver. Okay. Zach Moss, running back from Utah, was drafted. Okay. Here we are, one hundred five overall. Okay. A bunch of guards uh, at the top of the list here. God, well, a bunch of guards. Sorry. Also, Amik Robertson, a corner from Louisiana Tech Vikings. We have drafted two corners already. Could use a third. <laughs> it's kind of a joke. Um. The top player is Hunter Bryant, a tight end from Washington. Guards, Logan Stenberg, Ben Bredesen, Nick Harris, and then Antonio Gandy-Golden at receiver. Jabari Zuniga, an edge from Florida. Give me the defensive ends. Yep, Jabari Zuniga. You have, I guess this is an interior lineman, but Leaky Fotu. I like that name a lot. Might just draft him on his name alone. Eddie Willikas. Michigan State. Uh, and I'm kind of scrolling a little bit to get to these guys, but Anthony Jennings from Alabama. How about quarterback? Quarterback. Is Jalen Hurts available? Is mm. Jake Fromm available? No. Neither of those players Next are? quarterback I see on this list is Anthony Gordon. Okay, so we're going to cross quarterback off the list since both of my guys are gone. So I think it's safe to say here that we may have made a mistake in not moving up and that's okay because I feel comfortable with the picks that we've already made. My take here is to take the best player available, period. So give me – let's go over the top five names that are best play, player available based off this, their grading system and get and try to make a pick, like an educated pick based off that. So Hunter Bryant, tight end from Washington. No. Amik Robertson, corner from Louisiana Tech. And then you have three guards, Logan Stenberg, Ben Bredesen, Nick Harris. And then you have a receiver, Antonio Gandy-Golden, and then Jabari Zuniga, Edge, Florida. Let's take Zuniga, I think. I like. I, I mean, here let's uh, because I mean, let's talk about defensive end being you know a need, right? Right. Because it, it it is right. Everything Griffin is, is, is uh, potentially, oh, not potentially, probably not back in Minnesota right now. 
He's Jordan Reed bad. had Zuniga as the number 58 overall player um, and on his rankings. So this, in theory, would make him a, a steal. sort of a, a steal, right? Falling, falling a little bit. He is six foot three, two hundred sixty-five pounds, a four-three defensive end, which is a great scheme fit as well. Uh, seems to have sort of all the the traits that you would want um, for a Vikings defensive end, and um, you know he, according to I'm reading Jordan Reed's draft guide right now, has the the long arms that you that you know Dindal Hunter has, for example. Right. Um, but the weakness here looks like he. Uh, is a little bit late off the ball and maybe relies too much on athleticism, which does remind me a little bit of Daniel oh, Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. So right. we'll go with we'll go with Zuniga here and fill that need. Historical uh, precedent. Historical precedent also says the Vikings will take a defensive end in the third or fourth round. So that fits within kind of their uh, yeah. draft theory or style, I suppose, over the last several years. And this is a quality player from an SEC program. Vikings love to draft SEC defensive ends, at least as of late. I think it all matches up with what we're trying to do here. So, Zuniga, lock it in. That's good. Perfect. Made the pick. Uh, and the Vikings, for what it's worth, you know, it seems like they've had that, like, rotational defensive pass rusher forever, right? Go back to, you know, Brian Robinson was that guy um, in the mid-2000s when it was Ray Edwards and Jared Allen right. uh, as the starters. And then uh, – you know, eventually had Everson Griffin become that rotational guy. And then Daniel Hunter became that rotational guy. And then, you know, we had Stephen Weatherly and Afadio Denable kind of share that role. And now suddenly both Weatherly and Griffin are gone. Mm-hmm. You don't really have that third pass rusher right now. And maybe Zunica can be that guy. Um, so picks made. Now we're at 132 overall. On the board, Brandon Jones, a safety from Texas. Carlos Davis, interior defensive lineman from Nebraska. Hakeem Adeniji from Kansas, a tackle. Harrison Bryant, tight end from FAU. Thaddeus Moss, familiar last name, tight end from LSU. We haven't done any fan service yet. We have done zero of that so far. We have allowed Ben Barch and Antoine Winfield and uh, Tyler Johnson all slip through our fingers. Yes. Uh, Thaddeus Moss doesn't necessarily fill a need. No. But do we like the upside enough here and the last name enough to make him a pick? The only thing that I will say is, with Anthony Harris kind of on the block, Brandon Jones from Texas doesn't sound like the worst idea either. If you if you can't get Winfield, and we know already that we can't within this within these parameters that we've you know kind of set for ourselves, uh, getting a Texas safety, a guy with upside, is not something that I hate. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and it's, it's definitely defensive back, so that's something that will catch Mike Zimmer's eye 100% of the time. Um, one thing I will mention is that the defensive tackle position is one that the Viking, well, the three-tech position is one that the Vikings do need to address at some point here, right? Um, because there's just too many, um, you know, Linval Joseph is gone. You have Michael Pierce coming in at nose right. tackle. But the three-tech position was a weakness last year for Minnesota. It uh, appears that it's going to stay that way. At this point, the way we've drafted, right, uh, it appears it's going to stay that way regardless it's Jaleel of Jaleel Johnson right now. He's our guy. Regardless of the action we take, but at least maybe it's an option for some depth there. Um, so who are the defensive you, tackles on the board that you that are sticking out to you? So what we've got, uh, Carlos Davis. You have McTelvin Agim from Arkansas. You have Richard Lawrence from LSU. 
Oof. So you got some names there. Um, you definitely have some names. That's true. Um, yeah, you have uh, Rashard Lawrence is a guy that probably will fit a little bit better in terms of being a 4-3-3 tech. Um, so that's that was probably the guy I'd pick. He's got the long arms as well, a little bit more of that pass rushing emphasis, not as much of the nose tackle run stuffing player. Uh, but again, this is at the part of the draft now where you kind of start worrying more about just getting the best player available rather than uh, going for a scheme fit where a guy that probably would not play a bunch anyway in the so first year. The, the, the negatives concern me a little bit when you're looking at Lawrence. The one that sticks out for me in Jordan Dreed's graph cat is true effort. This is the yeah, term. Yeah, I see that. That to me is a problem. <laughs> However, the other two negatives, hip stiffness and inconsistent first steps are things that I trust Andre Patterson to get in line. Now, in the fourth round, are you willing to... T- we're, we are in the fourth round, right? If In the fourth yeah. round, you're willing to take a gamble on a player who didn't necessarily show max effort in college because when you're getting paid, all of a sudden, the effort might show up. And there are incentives uh, as well, and there are um, lots of dollars to be had if you can make a name for yourself. Correct. And this so, is an LSU player. The Vikings have historical precedent to suggest that they mm-hmm. like defensive linemen from LSU. I'm inclined to kind of rethink my thinking here and go Lawrence over the safety from Texas. Okay. Yep. I mean, you're this. This is very much drafting for need in the fourth round, which is good or bad depending on your viewpoint on that. But Rashard Lawrence, LSU defensive tackle, 132 overall. Vikings are going to lock it in. Next pick is at 155. And how many picks do we have left at this point? It's got to be five or six. I mean, it is a lot because they have, of course, it's the Vikings, and they have uh, stocked up on the late round selections. Would expect nothing less from Rick Spielman. Um, the remaining picks after this, so you got one one fifty five right now, then two hundred one, two hundred five, two nineteen, two forty nine, and two fifty three. So just the seventh round is just loaded with Viking selections. Uh, so you got one fifty five right now on the board. Solomon Kindley, guard from Georgia. Eno Benjamin, running back, Arizona State. I like that. I like him. I'm a fan. Reggie Robinson, corner from Tulsa. I know you were big on drafting a running back potentially later in the draft. Um, you have A.J. Green, corner from Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, or Big 12 defensive backs are always uh, a big uh, a big no-no <laughs> based on watching, them, uh, watching their games and teams putting up 50 points on each other. Um, let's see. A.J. Dillon, running back for Boston College. Isaiah Hodgins, receiver for Oregon State. Alohi Gilman, safety from Notre Dame. So I know you, you seem to like you know Benjamin right away. Does so anyone stick out to you? Because I'm not, I'm not sold. I, I just think I see a lot of Darren Sproles when I think about Eno Benjamin. I mean, and this is a guy who from Arizona State. There's no reason that I should know anything about him, and yet I do. So that's why his name jumps out to me because he's a pe- he's going to he's extremely is, elusive player, and he's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. So if you do lose Dalvin Cook and you need to run a two back system with Madison and a guy and another guy, I think that Benjamin fits the bill as a good third down running back. Well, and that's, I mean, the evolution of the position, catching the ball more, being right. able to, if needed, you know, go into the slot. Um, now, do you know anything about his pass protection? Or if he would be even be in a role where he'd be sitting there pass blocking all the time, or would it be something where he's out there getting the ball, um, you know, taking a linebacker or a defensive back with him on a route? 
Now, what I know about his pass protection is based off of this excellent draft guide that I purchased for $10 from Jordan Reed, and it says that it's a negative for him. <laughs> there you go. So, that doesn't really sway me one way or the other, however, just given the fact that what I'm when I'm drafting this player, what I'm looking for is more his elusiveness and his versatility. Those are the rest of this stuff are things that we can work on, I think. And also, I don't see a five foot nine guy being able to block a linebacker. Period. That's just as an expectation probably to have anyway, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, if not Benjamin, what are my other options here? Best player available: Solomon Kindley, guard, Georgia. There's also Darrington Evans, running back from Appalachian State. Isaiah Hodgins, wide receiver, Oregon State. Alohi Gilman, safety, Notre Dame. So now with Benjamin, I, again, we talked about running back already as a potential need. Um, you know, I'm not sold on it, but I understand it, you know, because if Cook goes down, you do need someone that can fulfill the offense. And Cook has not proven to be supremely reliable uh, to stay on the field. So that is a, a position that um, and this is where you would draft the running back, ideally, is somewhere in this round or in this part of the draft. OK, so. All that said. To shift a little bit here, Alohi Gilman on paper sounds a lot like Harrison Smith to me. Wow, that oh, just because he went to Notre Dame, or what? what what's your thought there? <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm briefing here again. This isn't a player that I watched a whole lot of. I did catch a couple of Notre Dame games last year because I've got a buddy who's a fan, and so I know the name. It stuck out to me immediately. Just looking at his tra- at his at his draft profile here, a couple things that step out, stand out to me: ball skills and closing speed and a guy who is best scheme fit as a strong safety. So he sounds just on paper, based off of the words of, again, Jordan Reed, the great Jordan Reed, that he sounds like he would be a scheme fit for what the Vikings like to do, and he sounds a lot like Harrison Smith, and I know that Notre Dame's safeties just in general play tend to play with a good head on their shoulders. They're smart players that understand kind of what's going on around them. Now, the one thing that stands out here, too, is that he also has a negative listed as control, which is something that drives me absolutely up a wall. Reminds me of Andrew Sandejo a little bit. Can become... (laughs) I love the the description here from Jordan Reed. Gilman can become a bit of a daredevil from his high safety (laughs) position. Reminds me of Andrew Sandejo, but let's let it be known. We're talking a fifth-round pick here. Uh, Getting a safety of Sandejo's caliber at this point would be a win. Right, a right. guy that can I would say so, yeah. fulfill the needs of the scheme at that spot, um, and it seems like Gilman. You know, you seem to like what this says. We trust Jordan Reed a lot. Yeah. He seems to be a smart person. <laughs> yeah, he does. Written up does. this a lot of information here. He's also young, by the way, twenty-one years old, and the Vikings have. Uh, he came out a year early. He's a junior too, uh, and he the Vikings have shown that they will draft the guys young to sort of groom them. Uh, you know, La- Laquan Treadwell is super young. Right. Uh, Neil Hunter was super young. Uh, right. So they do this. They have done this before. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't need a running back. Uh, let's do. Don't the need safety. a running back. All right. I, I think... Gilman, safety, one fifty-five. It's been locked in. All right. Moving forward here. What are we thinking? Since none of the quarterbacks left on the board are guys that I think could be potential starters down the line. So I don't think quarterback is even in my kind of the realm of possibilities right now. So you're sticking with Sean Mannion as QB2. Uh, unfortunately, it, <laughs> it seems that that's how that's going to be. Uh, yeah. The other things that I think that you could try to make a move on, defensive tackle, defensive end, to add depth there, or get another wide receiver. So I think wide receiver probably is our – we've seen the Vikings like to draft 
wide receivers in the fifth round. Yep. A la Stefan Diggs. It's the obvious one that stands out there. But they've also done this a ton of times in the past with the five, six, and seventh round picks. They love to get those wide receivers and use them as lottery tickets to try to get a starter. So I think wide receiver is kind of the okay. position that You're we target here. Unless someone yeah, really the stands top out. receiver on the board right now, Kendrick Rogers. We're at two hundred one overall, by the way. So we got Kendrick Rogers uh, from Texas A and M. Right now is the best receiver on the board according to this ranking. Um, there are a, a number of running backs, for what it's worth, on this list. You have uh, Lamical P. Ryan from Florida, Anthony McFarland Jr. from Maryland, and Joshua Kelly from UCLA. Also, Scotty Phillips from Mississippi or Ole Miss. So, there are some running backs for the taking here. Uh, also, if you did want to draft a quarterback, Nate Stanley from Iowa would be your guy here. Interesting. Let's. Uh, I think I don't like the I don't like the wide receiver. I'm not a fan. I don't have any basis for that other than the fact that I haven't heard of him and I haven't seen any clips of him show up on my Twitter feed. So. <laughs> I'm I mean, gonna, we're getting to the point where the draft now where these guys are not right. going to be super well known. But right. um, you have, um, let's see, for, you, you also mentioned another cornerback as a potential added there. We already have two in this draft, but the Vikings need cornerbacks more than any other position. Lamar Jackson, the cornerback from Nebraska, not the quarterback I for the Ravens. I do like Nebraska players. Uh, is there. You also have um, Brevion Roy defensive tackle from Baylor you have Dane Jackson cornerback from Pittsburgh um, so a lot of these guys in this spot are actually positions we've already talked about you also have Terrence Steele a tackle from Texas Tech John Runyon tackle from Michigan as well I don't have I'm not I don't have I'm not in love with anyone at this point in not fact, love with anyone. I would consider trading this would be a pick for me where I would trade to get picks for next year Mm. If, is that something that we can it do with the simulation? We can do right now. Nobody's interested in training to our spot. So okay. also, I should mention Benito Jones from Ole Miss defensive lineman, also there, okay. and also Shaquille Quarterman linebacker from Miami. Another okay, one. so let's go. Let's just go straight to our uh, our official big board of this podcast. Uh, who is the top player on Jordan Reed's board that you can see? Let's do it. Let's look at the big board. I have to scroll all the way up because I was looking at. Uh, I was looking at uh, Gilman there. Good thing my computer is from 2013 and moves very quickly. Absolutely. You see, you're in a tough position here. Obviously, we're still trying to – we're on the hunt for something that can produce results. The the other thing that I will say is that getting a defensive player here probably bodes well in terms of special teams. Mm -hmm. So I don't hate the idea of getting a linebacker in this position. Or getting a bigger cornerback or safety? So the linebacker, you have Shaquille Quarterman from Miami. You have Josh Metellus from Michigan. That's safety. Um, corner, you have Dane Jackson from Pittsburgh and also Lamar Jackson Let's from do Quarterman. Nebraska. Let's do Quarterman. You like, you like Quarterman? I do like Quarterman. He's an, under, he's an undersized player, which just inherently tells me that he has made his living off of kind of his ability to know what's going on. Positives that Jordan lists for him, intangibles and durability, like both those things for special teams purposes. Zone coverage, love that for linebackers, always. Um, negatives, take on tackle, or excuse me, take on tactics. Uh, lower body protection, 
which is an interesting negative. That's really detailed. Uh, and mentality switch up pursuit angles. I don't like guys who have shitty pursuit angles. Um, he's still <laughs> Here's from- the thing. Now, the, the one thing I'm scared of, this player sounds a little bit like Ken- Kentrell Kentrell Brothers. Kentrell Brothers? Yeah, okay. I was, I was, yeah. Now, we, uh, with, with Brothers, injuries have played a, a big part in his um, his career not really taking off the way um, many had hoped. But um, has been solid on special teams. Um, and at this point, if you can get a solid contributor on special teams for a couple seasons in the fifth round, that's probably acceptable. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's lock him in. All right, we'll do that. Shaq Quarterman. Linebacker, He's also got a great name. And Vikings are up four picks later at 205. And so, again, a lot of these same names we just mentioned. Lamar Jackson, corner from Nebraska. Josh Mattel is safety from Michigan. Kendrick Rogers, you already said that you looked at him, didn't love what you saw. Michael Onwenu from Michigan, a guard. What was uh what was the Michigan safety's name again? Josh Metellus, M E T L E L. Okay. I would say let's draft let's we did go with the safety from Notre Dame already. Never mind. I forgot about that. Okay. Um He's never had too many safeties though. That's true, and they also work well they're on worth, special teams. They're worth two points. What what are the nice, nice. What are who are the running backs that are available? Because I think this is a perfect Josh spot. Kelly from UCLA. Scotty Phillips from Ole Miss. Those are the two big names leading at the – I think they're both – they are Give me seven, jo- Give me Josh Kelly. Six and seven uh, are the best players available. Josh Kelly, it seems like he's going a lot earlier than this um, based on the sort of mocks and projections that I've seen. He's actually the number seven ranked running back – ranked running back uh, for on, on Jordan Reed's big board here. Uh, projected late third-round pick. We are much later than that. For Josh Kelly, so All right, let's go. Let's go, Josh Kelly. Couple of reasons, just quick review of his draft pro- profile. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I do know that the Vikings love UCLA players, and I know that they ta- they play, place a precedent on scouting that specific area um, or region, I suppose, of the United States. So, momentum runner, love that. That's also great verbiage. Uh, understanding the situation sounds like it would be easy enough, but for a guy that's going to be involved in chipping and pass protection, I would like to see our quarterback stay upright. And I don't have a huge problem with the negatives that Jordan lists in terms of him being a fifth round pick. So mm-hmm. I think that Josh Kelly is our guy here. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're well past the, you know, I mean, this is actually, a, is this sixth round now? 205, that's probably sixth round. Yeah, that is, that is sixth, sixth round. round. So I don't even – all these. I'm just looking at numbers, not necessarily the round right now. But Josh Kelly, running back UCLA, pick 205. We're locking it in uh, as a depth piece for the Vikings running back room. I like that. That's good. That works for me. Vikings next pick now is 219. Then they have 249 and 253. We've got three picks remaining. We have no positions left on our draft board in terms of needs. So I think at this point we're taking special teamers, um, mm-hmm. guys who have high potential, high ceilings, maybe some character issues mixed in there. Those generally seem to pay off for what the Vikings have done in recent memory, um, and potentially another cornerback or wide receiver. So top player on the board is still Lamar Jackson, cornerback, Nebraska. Boom, lock it in. I don't lock need to hear. In. I don't need Just to hear anymore. It. All right. I like Nebraska players. I think the scheme pit, the scheme fit works well. For the Vikings, just in general, knowing what I do about Nebraska's defense, 
and unfortunately I do watch too much Nebraska football. So, um, yeah, I think that makes the most sense for in terms of filling a position that you want to fill and giving you a body that could work effectively uh, on special teams as well. Mm-hmm. So we are now at 249. We're at the very back end now. We are the very end of the draft here. Available players. Benjamin Victor, receiver, Ohio State. Jake Hansen, guard, Oregon. J.J. Taylor, running back, Arizona. Kenny Robinson, Jr., safety, West Virginia. Jen Penicini, defensive line, Utah. Josh Love, QB, San Jose State. Uh, Tristan Colon, Castillo, tackle from Missouri. Any of these names jump out at you? No one. I, I haven't heard of, player. I haven't heard of any of these players. I so. agree with you on that. Okay, so let's do what what we've kind of set out to do here. Give me the linebackers that are available, and give me the defensive ends that are available. Linebackers. Scrolling down a little bit. Jordan Mack from Virginia. Okay. Don't you have Tipa Galia? Tipa Galia, 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 linebacker Utah State, at linebacker as well. well we're not going to draft him because his name's too hard to say. <laughs> Clay Johnston, linebacker Baylor. How about that name? That one's better. That one is a little bit better. Um, Sean Bradley, that's a really easy one. That's a guess. Yeah. From Temple. <laughs> these are guys that are, I mean, scrolling down this list, these are guys that are very much projected to not be drafted. Give me. Uh defensive ends now defensive ends edge players Mike Michael Dana or Donna from Michigan okay let's see there's not a lot of edge players left good Travon Hill edge from Miami no I know who that is not a fan (laughs) (laughs) it's a rare thing to get one of these guys that we know right Bigger school, uh, though. Okay. Any other positions that you want to draft at this point? Not really. Who are One the list? One thing I will say is that at quarterback, you have Kelly Bryant from Missouri, and you have Mason Fine from North Texas. Okay. Kelly Bryant is a guy that I thought got a raw deal at Clemson. So I thought that he was a quality player that showed potential. I don't think he's a starter in the NFL. I do think that he can be – a better clipboard holder than Sean Mannion. So give me Kelly Bryant because okay. I th- because he is a guy that he's go- first of all you need we needed we need a quarterback here we do need a quarterback like <laughs> give me I need a camp body for sure like if nothing else I need a camp body okay just because you don't need Mannion being secure at two right ex- exactly yes uh, and he's extremely athletic so he fits your conventional or not your conventional your your contemporary quarterback I suppose. The things that he struggles with are things that Kirk Cousins can teach him, right? Like sure. uh, his ability to read coverages. That was something that I remember hearing over, you know, why Trevor Lawrence was moved in over Kelly Bryant. Just superior guy, superior fundamental skills. Fundamentals are things that I trust Kirk Cousins to work with this guy on. I think that he has ability and he has talent where Sean Mannion does not. So give me Kelly Bryant okay. and give me that camp body to compete with a guy who doesn't deserve to be on this roster. Okay. All right. We're at 253, the last pick of the draft here. Uh, so a lot of the same uh, players that we had just discussed in terms of the linebackers available. Um, 
let's see. I know you mentioned Michael Dana Donna. Uh, from, well, you mentioned Edge as a position. I mentioned that guy's name, Michael Donna, from Michigan. Clay Johnston, linebacker from Baylor as well, was uh, another discussion. So we're, I mean, we're getting to guys now that are just not probably nobody drafted, knows. So. Yeah, they're not um, even. Yeah, they're not even on the big board for most people. Um, give me the Michigan kid. I'll explain why. Uh, I like Big Ten prospects in general. Just I, th- I don't know what it is, but they're just they have us. They have a kind of an inherent toughness that I tend to see more from guys from Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, not Minnesota really, but Nebraska. Just in general, these guys tend to be more pro-ready. They're fundamentally sound. They have that weird kind of Midwestern toughness. And I don't know anything about this guy, but being that I'm from Minnesota and I like other people that are kind of from this general region of the map, I can assume he's well-educated because he's a Michigan guy. Uh, I think that he's a good camp body. I have to assume that he has a solid motor just because of Jim Harbaugh has a nonstop motor. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like kind of the intangible qualities of a guy who's probably just going to be cut at the end of the day, anyways. I see it. All right, I love it. We have locked it in. The draft is complete. Good. So here's kind of the the results here. So PFF will grade your mock draft, by the way. Um, so according to PFF, so their average grade of your mock draft is a 60. So that's the average you can do. Um, and what our picks do is compared to what their simulation would have done as the Minnesota Vikings. So the first pick of Denzel Mims got a grade of 58.5. So right, pretty close to average what you would expect the Vikings to do in that scenario. Right. Um, Jeff Gladney got a 70.3. Yep. I, which I, is I knew the, that was a great pick. That was that's higher than average, uh, a little bit better than expected. A lot of these picks are right around 60, and honestly, as you go down, it kind of there's just it's it's kind of all in the same where these guys are. Right. It's more of a luck of the draw type of thing. Um, and then also PFF heavily favors quarterback picks, so George, Kelly Bryant got 94.8 actually, um, <laughs> which it's just if you look at all these mock drafts that are being uh, tweeted and shared of PFF, every single quarterback pick basically is that high grade of the 90s so if you wanted to just go on here and draft 10 quarterbacks then you probably would uh would get a really good grade but overall our mock draft got a 66.5 a little bit above average so okay. a little bit above average uh and again to run through the names denzel mims 25th overall and we actually traded down from 22 uh to the kansas city chiefs also gave them 89th overall and we got back 32 and 63 uh overall so the vikings actually ended up with uh Three, oh, two first round picks, 25 and 32, and then two second round picks, 58 and 63. So Denzel Mims at 25, Jeff Gladney at 32, Damon Arnett, another corner from Ohio State at 58, and then Tyler Biadish, the guard, a little bit of a reach there potentially mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Wisconsin. But we knew that uh, coming in. It of. did fit the need that, uh, that the Vikings clearly have for an interior offensive lineman. Then the Vikings did not pick for what is that? The math is not at 42 picks, I think. 63 to 105. That's not right, is it? Yeah, it is. 42 picks. That Jabari Zuniga, a Florida pass rusher, uh, that should fit a 4-3 defense for the Vikings uh, at 105. Rashard Lawrence got a pretty solid grade at 65 mm-hmm. uh, from LSU as a 4-3 defensive tackle. Alohi Gilman, safety from Notre Dame, was 155 overall. 
And then this is kind of where we got to the part of the draft where we're just kind of picking names and selecting them without knowing a ton besides what uh, Jordan Reed has them ranked on his big board. Shaq Quarterman, linebacker, uh, with a 201 overall with a grade of exactly 60. Josh Kelly, the UCLA running back at 205. Lamar Jackson, the corner from Nebraska at 219. 249 overall was Kelly Bryant, the quarterback, formerly of Clemson and then Missouri. And then lastly was Michael Dana, Dana, the edge from Michigan, the 253 overall. That is your draft class, according to Drew Mahold and BJ Rydell from uh, the Unbelievable Podcast. Yeah. Um, so we've got a little. We've already gone a little bit over here. That's partially because we ended up doing two mock drafts. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> real quick, let's go over what we feel like we did well and things that we didn't necessarily do all that well. Um, just get, well, we'll do kind of bullet points here. We won't drag on too much longer. Um, for me, things that we did well, we hit on all the positions that we wanted, right? We got, we went in with a strategy, and for the most part, we were successful with that strategy. Four picks in the two, first two rounds. Got to be happy with that. You get the fifth-year option with two of your players, the two players that you're the most confident in, in them starting. You also get a high-potential guy uh, in – another high potential cornerback in the second round. The thing, so all of that is good to me. You fill out all of those needs. You fill out your roster with capable players and prospects that you can feel comfortable with. The problem that I think that we ran into is we misjudged the run on offensive linemen. So we ended up reaching for Beadish a little bit, missing out on Barch, and in the process also missing out on Winfield as well. Because I think if if it was possible, you trade down from 58 or 63 um, and grab one of these offensive linemen there maybe at a better value than than be a dish was at 63 now that you know that still I, I, that still fills a need and it still gives you a, a solid player that I, I think there's still a high floor there um but yeah i, I agree that you know you kind of missed out on a run of uh tackles with a high potential i suppose uh that i would say like, a wilson not pick might haunt me right. a little bit yeah that tackle the Vikings did not have draft a tackle in our in our draft, which um, you know it, all offensive line positions are are needed here. Vikings only drafting one of them is probably the big weakness here, yeah. Um, overall, because uh, you get B addition, and we kind of just sort of ignored that spot altogether. Um, but I do like I'm I'm a big fan of getting two corners um, and guys that are probably going to be able to to chew right away. You get a receiver that can not fill a Diggs void. That's not possible. But you get a guy that can provide that big play element um so offensive line is just is just a big problem which in some sense that's realistic for <laughs> for what the vikings have been doing the past 15 years it's just not drafting offensive linemen so in some sense this is exactly what the vikings might do i mean you get two corners in the first two rounds that sounds like mike zimmer um you gamble on a, a first round receiver that's also sounds like the vikings cordero patterson and laquan treadwell uh those didn't exactly work out as planned but Hopefully Denzel Mims would be different. And then you, you kind of, again, we sort of found some positions that we thought the Vikings would like to have for special teams and whatnot in the later rounds. And then also grab a quarterback. Uh, so Sean Mannon is not just sitting there comfortably at number two for you. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm I, The one regret for me is the Isaiah Wilson move. That That one hurts a little bit looking back now. And it would probably – it would hurt a lot more if, you know <laughs> – we were dealing with actual humans and dollars here because I really do think that like if I, if I'm sitting there as a fan and you guys are listening to us do this and 
we, we break down why all the possibilities why this guy makes sense, and then we say, okay, we could probably get him six picks later, and then he's gone in between. That 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 really sucks. That's yeah. a that's a mis- that was a gamble. That that's a gamble that did not. Pay yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's so, the thing. So so that again to review, the Vikings had twenty two and eighty nine for picks, and we in a trade with Kansas City turned that into twenty or excuse me to turn that into thirty two and sixty three. Vikings at fifty eight overall. We're sitting there. We're looking at Isaiah Wilson. Uh, we ended up shifting gears going to Damon Arnett, the corner from Ohio State, a second straight corner drafted, by the way, and. Our thought was, okay, well, Wilson will maybe, probably be there. At and 63. if he's not, we'll get be a dish. And so yes. we ended up. It, it was a soft. It, honestly, it was a soft gamble because we did get one of the two guys we wanted. Which ultimately, you know, when you're trying to trade down in a draft, you you do so with the goal of having your eye on multiple players mm-hmm. and just thinking, okay, we can get one of them. It's just that we didn't get necessarily the one that we wanted. Yeah. Well, and then now this is also the, the St. John's bias in me talking, but yeah. I think then after getting be a dish, you have enough ammo in the later rounds to get move up into that 90 95 yep. yep. ish range and grab Ben Barge or any tackle really at that spot there and then you then you have two linemen that you drafted to to potentially help out that position group but um, overall I like what the Vikings did in this draft with other positions drafting three cornerbacks honestly is necessary um, <laughs> we just lost three cornerbacks right so you replace lose three guys Fill three guys in. Yeah, so. it's it's actually necessary. It, it's it would seem extreme based on you know maybe a, a general NFL fan might find that extreme, but this is necessary. And the Vikings with Mike Zimmer at head coach might actually do that. So um, I like Josh Kelly late. I did. I wasn't on the running back train, and I really still am not. But I I, I think that's a good value based yep. on the projections I've seen for him. Um, I think Gilman really would be a nice pick at one fifty five as well. So yeah, overall, I mean and. I think that Wilson uh, blunder is perhaps the biggest red flag here. But overall, some of those big names are guys that I think a lot of Vikings fans like. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, folks. So that concludes our Pro Football Focus live, well, technically recorded live uh, mock draft. Uh, Feel free to share your thoughts as well. Uh, We tried to give you as much details about what was going on as possible so that you could kind of, in, in your mind, try to arrive at a decision as well. So let us know where you think we screwed up. Um, let us know where you think we did well. Um, you can do that in you know Daily Norseman comments section below, uh, or let us know on Twitter as well. Um, that's a discussion that I'm definitely amped to have, given the fact that I am still stuck in my apartment and barely can move, other than you know to do this podcast. So uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, we're happy to hear those. Uh, if you're not already checking out the other content that Climbing the Pocket offers, make sure to do so. Uh, They've been doing articles on the website as well. I know that we just published something. Tyler Furness, one of the new guys on our team, uh, just published a post about Dalvin Cook and how he's affected by Christian McCaffrey's uh, deal. So that might be something that interests you as well. So check out our draft content. Uh, Check out the Daily Norseman as always. Subscribe to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and everywhere else that you would listen to your podcast. And next week, do we have time? Is the No, the draft will be concluded right by the time we record next is that right no 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 we got another week well maybe we'll do another mock it is it starts thursday the 23rd so maybe we'll do one more mock recording next week a week from today which would be right before the draft yeah okay well maybe we will maybe we won't we'll find something to do if if something pops up we'll do that otherwise we'll do another mock and get you guys more set for the draft but we hope you enjoyed you're not uh one but two mock drafts here with us and uh, kind of (laughs) kind of of, right uh and we uh we hope to catch you guys 
next week. Ooh.